Thank you for listening to this week's message from New Day Community Church in Vandalia. We hope this message encourages and blesses you. Look us up and contact us at newdaycommunity.org. Awesome. We are continuing our series that we kicked off last week called Loving, Learning, and Leading. And uh, this is uh, our mission statement as, as a church. And hopefully when you uh, came in the, the front door, you saw the big sign there that says Loving, Learning, and Leading. And our hope is that through this month uh, of talking about these three words, that we uh, it helps us to understand what they mean, and why do we even want to be a church that is loving, learning, and leading? What do those things mean to us? And so where we started last week, just a quick recap in case anybody uh, wasn't here, we said that this, these three uh, L words, loving, learning, leading, they're our mission statement, and they come directly from the Great Commandment and the Great Commission. Uh, so the great commandment, Jesus uh, answered a, uh, a lawyer asking him to sum up the, the law and the prophets. And Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Right? And so this is where we get the loving. And we want to be a church that is loving God and loving others. And that's where we're going to be spending most of our time today. But just, to, just to, to let you know where the learning and leading come from, that comes from the Great Commission. And at the, the end of, of Matthew's gospel, after Jesus' resurrection, he meets the, the disciples in Galilee, and he says that all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, teaching, uh, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And so we want to be a community of believers that is learning all Christ taught. We want to, 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 in, we want to, to learn all Christ taught because we are commanded to go in disciple, which means to raise up followers of Christ, and we are to teach them all that Christ taught. And so if we are going to teach people what Jesus taught, we should probably know it ourselves. Right? That's a good word. So we want to be a church that's learning, you know? And so that's why we have things like, uh, like Dale's uh, midweek class, so significant, and why we take, you know, a half of uh, the church service on Sunday morning preaching, you know, is because we want to be a church that is growing in our knowledge of God. And then finally, we want to be leading others to Christ. Jesus says to go. And so that's what we want to do. We want to take what we have received from God. And we want to go and be salt and light into, in this world. All right? And so we'll get to all three of those, but we're sticking, we're focusing this morning on loving, loving God and loving others. Oh, and one other thing, uh, good news that we learned last week is that, that we have this commission from God to, to love God and love others and to lead other people to Christ and to be lights in this dark world, but we aren't left to our own devices, our own strength and ability to accomplish this. No, we are empowered by the Holy Spirit. The same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives inside each one of us as Christ followers, and it empowers us to live lives that are uh, bearing, uh, or revealing Jesus, is bearing witness 
to Christ, bearing witness to the resurrection in this world. All right? So we're empowered. And so today, since we know why we want to be a church that's loving, learning, leading, and that we are empowered to do it, let's uh, focus in on this idea of loving. You know, and why do we want to be a church that loves God and loves others? That's a good question, right? And I believe that it is because Jesus loved God and Jesus loved other people, right? And we have been called to follow Christ, right? Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me, right? We want to model our lives after what Jesus did. And so what we see throughout the gospel stories is that Jesus loved God. He gave everything to God. He only did what he saw the Father doing, right? He, he was, had an intimate, beautiful relationship with, with God. And we also see that the outflow of that was that Jesus loved people completely self-sacrificially, right? He was willing to lay his life down even unto death to love people. And so because Jesus did, we want to do it. Because it is through conforming ourselves to Christ, right? It's by being transformed into his image that we shine, that we, uh, that we bring the kingdom into a world that is corrupted by sin and death and darkness and destruction, right? And so we want to become more and more like Jesus because we were created to be image bearers of God. Right? We were created to be image bearers of God. In Genesis chapter 1, 27, it says, uh, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Right? And so we were created in the image of God. Okay, It's on here. It's not back there. No problem. I can roll with that. Maybe. Oh. <laughs> It's like it's not changing. All right. Everything's fine, friends. Hey, can you switch the, the matrix to uh, on A2 and B2 so I can see my slides back there, my young friend? Does that make sense? Probably not. I'm fine. Okay. We are image bearers uh, of God, right? And so we don't know everything that this entails. Right? We, we don't know, you know what is the fullness of, of understanding what it means to be an image bearer of God. We don't know completely, but we certainly know that part of, of this image of God was this uh, self-giving love. Right? This self-giving love that, that Jesus was willing to, to lay his life down uh, and submit to, to the Father's will. And we see the Holy Spirit uh, willing to submit to, to God and Jesus. And, and, and so we see this, uh, this it, within the Trinity, mutual submission. I better not talk too much about the Trinity. It's, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. We love the Trinity, but it just gets confusing a little bit, right? It's like, oh, there's three and there's one. Anyway, sorry. Strike that from the recording, please. Um, so... So we are made, we see in Genesis 1, in the image of God. All right? And so part of this is self-sacrificial love. But in chapter 3, we see that uh, 
humanity uh, falls, right? And the, the image of God was corrupted or significantly damaged. You know, some theologians would say that the image of God was destroyed, right? But we can tell that on some level, the image of God was radically uh, corrupted. And we see that fallen man no longer bears or no longer bears in the fullness this image of God. Right? And so since we are in this fallen state, we're no longer able to bear witness of God and to fulfill uh, this, this call of God to go and subdue the earth and to, to live righteously in right relationship with God and humanity and creation because of this fall. And we uh, have lost that, that image of God. But the good news is that even though all humanity has fallen, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. As Christ followers, we have been reborn, right? As Christ followers, we are made new and we are once again able to be image bearers of God, right? When we receive Christ's gift of salvation, he gives us a new nature, we're made new, like a new birthing process. We are new creation. And, and Paul uses the analogy of clothes, uh, talking about this new nature. And in Colossians chapter 3, it says, Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge of the image of its creator. Right? You have put off the old self. You've taken that off with its practices and the, just the, the junk that the, the fallen, corrupted man has. And you have put on this new self. And this new self, this new creation, this new nature is being renewed in the knowledge of the image of its creator. We are becoming more and more like Jesus. Right? And that is really, really good news. Because as we become more like Jesus, we are able to fulfill his call on our life to bear witness in a, in a world of darkness. Okay, um, and so I just want to try to illustrate this idea to kind of help us to remember that we have stepped into this, this, uh, these new clothes. All right? And so about, boy, I don't know what it was, maybe five years ago, four or five years ago, my friend Drew and I, uh, went to a, a convention in Indianapolis called Gen Con, all right? And Gen Con is one of my favorite places to, to be. It is uh, the world's largest gaming convention, okay? Um, and so board games and role-playing games and uh, uh, video games, all, all sorts of games, like anything you want. And there's thousands and thousands and thousands of people that go to this convention. And it's fun, just kind of people watch and you buy new board games, try new stuff out. It's great. Um, but one thing that happens at conventions like this, big national conventions, and we see it at places such as Comic-Con or, you know, and anyway, various geeky conventions, is we see people uh, dressing up like uh, fictional characters. Anybody seen that? Anybody seen that? A couple people. Yeah, and so we, they call this cosplay, right? Because you're, you're putting on a costume and you're pretending you're playing as this other character. So we're walking around looking at people dressed up like Captain America and, and, and Link from The Legend of Zelda and all these crazy costumes. It's really fun. Just, and there's these, <laughs> there's these two people that are, that are dressed up like elves. Um, and they're, they're, they're bad elves, all right? They're, they're, the, they're, the, they're the, the bad elves called 
drow, and it doesn't matter. All right, and so, and so they looked kind of like this. <laughs> People dress up like this on purpose and walk around in public. I love it. I love it. So, all right, so we, we come up to two people that are dressed like this. <laughs> and Drew is like, I, was, I want to take my picture with them. I'm like, well, why wouldn't you? And, uh, and so he, he goes over, and he's like, oh, can we, can we get our picture taken? And they're like, yeah. And so Drew kind of stands there, and one of them is just this little this girl. She's like this, this tall. And I get my phone out, and I'm about ready to take the picture. And this girl, she reaches out her, her hand and grabs Drew by the throat. And like Drew's eyes kind of like, it's like, I don't know, he, he, he was surprised, I was surprised, everybody was surprised, maybe not that girl. I, it was like, it's like crazy. And, he, and so I take the picture, <laughs> thank you, and, and we move along. And we're like, oh, that's odd. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to take that picture off real quick. All right. Um, uh, and so we're like, that, that's odd. But all right, here, here's the point of this story, is that these people, these cosplayers, they're dressed up like, like these, these dark elves, and in the... Okay, nerd, nerd alert, okay? Um, in the dark elf culture, I <laughs> can't believe I'm saying this. All right, uh, in the dark elf culture, they are, um, what's, it, what's it called when, they're matriarchal, they're matriarchal. And so the, the women are the, 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 the leaders and the, the men are like slaves. And so in, in dark elf society, it would be completely normal for her, oh, here's a guy, I'm going to, do whatever I want. I'm going to strangle him because he's, he's a slave. All right? And so these people were not actually dark elves. Okay? They were not. But they put on the costume and they started acting out. And so the, the, the actions that they were portraying were kind of in line with the, the nature of dark elves. Is, that, is anybody jiving with me? Yeah. All right. You can send your comments and concerns to Cameron at newdaycommunity.org. Um, and... Uh, Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and so these people, so they put on these costumes and they start acting like the people that they're portraying, right? And we've all maybe done this to some extent, right? Growing up when I was a kid, my brother and I would take bath towels, right? And we'd wrap them around our neck as capes and we would kind of fly around like we're, we're Superman, right? And it's like, and, and it's like, you as you're doing that, because you have you know, a, a bath towel on your back, you, I kind of started feeling like I am heroic and I am strong and I am going to save people that need saving, right? And I'm probably like six years old. But you start to take on the characteristics of what you're pretending to be, right? And so what Paul is saying is that as Christ followers, we have put on Jesus, right? We have put on this new nature, Right? And we, as we put that on, we become more and more like the nature of that which we are dressed up like. We are dressed up like Jesus. And so don't dress up like dark elves and become more like dark elves. Re- remember that you have, as a Christ follower, have put on Jesus. And that is who you are. And as you walk that out and you remember who Jesus is, you start acting more and more like Jesus, right? Because we are Christ's uh, uh, image bearers, God's image bearers, right? In, in, the, in what is the epitome of Jesus is this characteristic of love. Jesus just revealed love for God and love for others, 
right? And this love, you know, it contains His compassion and His mercy and His grace and His righteousness and His holiness. And it's these things that we are putting on and becoming more and more in our lives. And so when we get saved, we don't have actual, like, Jesus robes that we, we put on, right? But we see in, in Colossians here that, uh, that Paul is saying that we are being transformed in the knowledge, right? In, in the, the knowledge and the image of our Creator. So it's our, our moral uh, character that we are transforming, right? And someday... Praise God, we'll get new uh, resurrection bodies and it's going to be awesome. But at this point, we're putting on Jesus this internal uh, moral character that is being transformed into his image. Right? And this image, as I said, is love. God is love. John 4, 8 says, Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. God is love. Okay. And we see that this character, this revelation of God's love throughout the, the canon of Scripture. Right? We see in the very beginning that God creates this bountiful and, and beautiful garden. Right? He creates perfect partner for Adam. He, he says that it's, you know, it's all good. It's very good. And we see God uh, is revealing his, his love for creation through that, through that garden and through uh, the fruit and the, the, the partnering. It's wonderful. Right? We see that, uh, that God reveals his love uh, later on in the biblical story when God hears the distress of his people that are in bondage and in slavery in Egypt. Right? God hears the cry of his people and he provides a deliverer to bring freedom to the Israelites in, in Egypt. We see that, that God loves his people, the, the Israelites, and prepares them a, a, a promised land. Right, This land that is flowing with, with milk and honey because God loves his people. And we see God's love as he bears with the, the hard-hearted, complaining Israelites, giving them food and water and quail, right, in the wilderness. You know, he loves these hard-headed, stubborn people. Right? And we see God's love in action as he allows Israel to be even invaded by other nations when they have turned their back on him. It wasn't... It was, it was that, even that judgment was out of God's love because his heart was to draw his people back into right relationship with him. And we see that as soon as these people who had rejected God and decided that we're just going to follow after the, the gods and the idols of the other people that live in this land, as we, and God allows them to get kind of overtaken they, in their, uh, oppression, they cry out to God, and what does God do over and over and over again throughout the book of Judges is that he, he raises up a leader, he raises up a judge to come and get them out of the trouble that they've gotten themselves into, right? And God raises up a deliverer because he loves his people, he wants them back in right relationship with him. And that cycle continues for like 400 years in the, in the book of Judges. God is faithful in all that time. And finally, we see God's love in, in the moment of the fall. We see God going into action, preparing uh, and bringing a Savior to save all of humanity from the, the sin and the corruption of the fall. 
And at just the right time, Jesus is sent. God's Son is come and bears the penalty of our sins on the cross. And it reveals God's love. You know, many of us have heard that the, the scripture, maybe it's probably the first one that I memorized as a kid, you know, John 3.16. You know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God is love. Right? And so when we get saved, when we put on our new nature, when we put on our God clothes, we put on love. And because God is love, and because we have been renewed in this image of God, and we act in the way that Christ acts, we, we live in the way that he modeled and instructed. That is why we want to be a church that, that loves God and loves others. right? Because we want to continue the work that Christ began when he came to this earth. Jesus, Jesus came as, as a man, and everywhere he goes, he brings kingdom life. He brings hope. He brings this message of salvation. And then he says, hey, guys, it's good that I'm going away. Really, Jesus? Uh, I don't know. doesn't seem like a great idea. But he says, if I don't go away, I can't send the comforter. Right? I can't send the spirit. And it's that spirit that empowers us to continue this work. As a community of believers, we are the body of Christ. right? And we are continuing that work that Jesus began. We are bringing light into a world of darkness. We're bringing hope into a world that is hopeless. We're bringing healing into a world of sickness and disease. right? We bear the things that God has, that Jesus was. And that, those are ours now. And so Jesus tells us very, very plainly how we live this out as we put on our God clothes. How do we live this out as God intends us? Uh, you know, the, the Old Testament is full of 613, I heard somebody say, laws and commands and expectations. But Jesus says, if you want to fulfill the, the law and the prophets, if you want to live as God has called you to live, if you want to love as God has called you to love, this is what you should do. He says... Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So when we put on our God clothes, as we put on this, this new nature, and it's not, and I, I, keep, I feel like I'm making it sound like, oh, I'm going to put my God clothes on today, and I'm going to take them off later, and then it's Sunday, I'll put them back on. No, as Christ followers, like we have a new nature. We don't get to get out of this nature, right? right? It's, it's who we are, right? And so we, and, and yeah, we can still kind of, you know, sometimes we, we struggle with sin, we, we, we mess up and we make mistakes, but that's not who we are. Right? We are a new creation. And when, when we see that stuff, we repent of it and we turn back to God and go, God, I'm so sorry. That is not who I am anymore. I am a new creation. I am, I am made in you, Jesus, and I am love. I am compassionate. I am holy because of your blood, Jesus. And that is what I want to live out of. 
That's how I want to live my life. And so we don't have to, you know, instead of worrying about all these 613 rules and regulations, all this stuff we have to do, Jesus says, if you love God and you love others, you have fulfilled the law and the commandments. That make sense? Okay. Good. All right, so if we want to be a church that is making a difference, we need to be a church that loves God and loves others. All right? Surprise. That's good. Thank you. Thank you, Luke. It is. It is. It's, it's so good. And so and we see that Jesus, in this, uh, this uh, interaction with uh, the young lawyer uh, in, in Matthew 22, I think it is, and the lawyer's like, well, what, what, are, the, what are the greatest commandments? And we see, uh, in, I read in one commentary, that this was a pretty common question that was floating around uh, first century Palestine in, in Jewish culture. It's like trying to you know, kind of come up with a, with a good answer. How do we kind of summarize the law and, and the prophets? And so in and so when Jesus says it, it's like, and they're like, that's right. Wow, he's right. Oh, good job, Jesus. And, and, and it's like, it's this beautiful, because uh, it's these two disparate uh, commands from the Old Testament, and Jesus brings them together, right? And he brings them together, and he shows that you cannot do one without the other. You cannot love God and not love people. Right? And they're inextricably linked. And we see in 1 John chapter 4, uh, the Apostle John says, We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command, Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. I was like, that's a really good verse. I should expound on that. How do you expound on that? There it is. That's it. That's the good news. And that's what we're called to do. So let's see what our friend Eugene Peterson uh, translates that as in his message paraphrase. He says, we, though, are going to love. To love and be loved. First we were loved, now we loved. He loved us first. If anyone boasts, I love God, and goes right on hating his brother or sister, thinking nothing of it, he is a liar. If he won't love the person he can see, how can he love the God he can't see? The command we have from Christ is blunt. Loving God includes loving people. You have to love both. And sometimes, friends, it's easier... Is it not just to love God? <laughs> He's way more lovable than most people. <laughs> not you people, other people I've met at other places. <laughs> right? And, but <laughs> but that, is, that is not our option, right? We don't get to love people who are easy to love, right? We are commanded to love our neighbor as ourselves, right? And in other uh, parables that, that Jesus told, he was very clear that our neighbor is not always the person that, that we love and we get along with, right? In the, the, the parable of, of the Good Samaritan, Jesus was saying that your neighbor is, is this Samaritan, and, and the, the Jews hated the Samaritans. They were their enemies, right? And so that's Jesus saying, that is your, that is your neighbor. 
Love your enemy as yourself, right? And like that is what we are called to do. And so as we, as a, as a church, want to pursue this call to, be, uh, to, to love God and to love others, we can't just stay locked in, in the church, right? And kind of loving in this community of believers, right? Even though it can't, there's... There can be tension even in the church, right? And we work through that because we love each other and we are for each other and we want to encourage and, and uh, press one another on to run after Christ. But we also need to get out of the four walls of the church and love our community. We need to, to live out the, the love of Jesus in our homes with our kids, at their schools and their extracurricular activities. We need to exude the love of Christ when we go to work, right? When we go to the grocery store, right? When we do whatever social fun things that we do, we exude the love of Christ, right? And so we need to be a church that is loving God and loving others. And so as we close, I just want to give some real practical ideas of how we can walk this out. How do we walk this out, being a church that loves God and loves others? Well, firstly, we can love God by spending time with Him. Right? In, in prayer, and in worship, in Bible reading. Right? And I want to be clear, this stuff doesn't get us in. Right? This doesn't get us in God's, you know... Uh, on God's good side, right? It's like, oh, I was pretty bad. I'll read the Bible for you know, a half hour and that'll get me back into God. No, God loves us, right? But we can reveal our love to God. We can draw close to him through these spiritual disciplines. You know, what we, what we used to call the means of grace, right? It's how we, we, uh, we apprehend or how we get our hands on or how we open up this conduit of God's love and grace and compassion and mercy in transforming empowering power into our hearts and into our lives so that we can walk out what God has called us to do, right? We spend time with him in prayer, worship, Bible reading, fasting, various disciplines, all right? Yay, discipline. So... What else can we do? How else do we love God? We, we love him as we uh, do what he tells us to do. Oh, easy, simple, right? I, I, I love Anne when she says, Mark, will you take out the garbage? I, ref- I love, I show her I love her because I take out the garbage. Or I have one of the kids do it, which is practically the same thing. So, and they show me love. It's a circle of love at the Morris house. It's wonderful. Right? And so we love God by, by doing what he tells us to do, submitting to his lordship, obeying his instructions that are given in the Bible. Right? We don't get to choose what God has called us to do. It's very clear. Right? He, and we submit and subordinate, subordinate ourselves to what Christ has called us to do. And finally, we love God by loving others. Right? And Pastor Cameron The great Pastor Cameron said, I believe the only reliable measure of how much we love God is how we love others. Well, that's a good word, Pastor Cameron. Let me, I'll take that. He said, you don't have to, you don't have to say it from me. I'm like, of course I do. I go to, I go to seminary and if you don't cite all your sources, bad, it's a bad deal. They run it through the computer. So that was Pastor Cameron. Yeah, we need to love other people, right? And, and as we are loving people, we are loving God, right? And so if we feel like, oh, I, I need to spend more time with God. I need to show him how much I, I, I love him. It's through acts of service 
right? It's through serving, through laying our lives down, taking up our cross, serving other people, that we are actively loving God. And he is so happy. And as we do that, not only are we bringing glory to God, which is what we were created to do, we are being lights in this world. We are revealing the character of Christ as we serve and as we love one another. All right, And so this is just how I want to live my life. I just want to be somebody that is following Jesus, laying down my rights and learning to love as he did. And so I just encourage you this week to, to remember that we are a community of believers and that we are making a difference in our community through loving God and through loving others. And look for opportunities. They are all around us, big and small, right? Opportunities to show love to people. And as we do that, we will uh, take this kingdom and we will reveal this glorious kingdom of God into a world that is lost and hurting and longing for the very thing that we have in spades. Amen? Will you stand with me and we'll just close in prayer this morning. Father God, we love you. You are great. God, and we thank you that you first loved us. God, that you loved us so much that you uh, were willing to send your son Jesus to die on the cross for us, God. And we, we are so grateful. And so because of your love, God, we, uh, we step into loving you and loving others, God. And I pray that you would give us opportunities to do that this week. God, that this reality that we are a church that is making a difference through loving, let that just uh, saturate our hearts and our spirits, God. Let that just be what we live in our lives, day in and day out, revealing you, remembering that we have put on our God clothes and that we are being made and renewed into your image. Lord Jesus, we love you and we bless you. In your name we pray. Amen.